Mike. Good to see you. Uh, good to see you. So let me ask you this, because you, you had a life in both in music and in your other career or careers. Do you think there are any unique challenges in being a professional musician that would be different from other fields, or do you think it's all the same? Oh, no question. It's uh, night and day. For me, it certainly has been. You mean you work during the day one <laughs> and night for the that, other? That's true, too. <laughs> and all that that implies. I think people often think that musicians just work at night, but most of the work takes place during the day. That's why when you get hired for a gig that's only an hour long, and they're like, well, you only work an hour. They don't know you spent, you know, you probably spent six hours that day just practicing getting yeah. music ready, doing the business side of things, getting ready. Then you have to, you have to, you have to get there, set up equipment, or go through a sound check, or I mean, all the publicity. It's a lot of work just for anything. Yeah, even uh, you know, most of what I did for years was play uh, clubs, and I traveled. So we'd be in a town for you know a week or two weeks playing this nightclub. So you'd get there, you'd obviously you'd set up. And then you were set up for the for the week or two. But you're right. I mean, the daytime was time to to practice, get ready. Um, you know, as a singer, I always have had to spend time getting my voice in shape before I go to work, before I perform. Uh, and that can take, you know, several hours uh, or, you know, back in the day when I was working every night, it wasn't that bad. I would maybe practice for you know do scales or something like for that for about a half an hour uh, because I was still in fairly controlled muscularly controlled mm -hmm. space from being doing it so often now it takes me a couple of days to get ready you know sing. the the uh, <clears throat> classical composer one of America's greatest Charles Ives Connecticut he quite famously uh, had a day job with the insurance company that he he started and ended up running, and he would work all day and then come home to hour to a family stuff and then stay up all night composing, and did not really come to greater fame until he was almost retired from other business. But he he wrote, if I understand correctly, almost every day of his life he was coming home and composing. Mm -hmm. So here's a guy doing two jobs. Mm -hmm. Well, I know a lot of. Well, like yourself, a lot, a lot, all of the really fine musicians that I know in Atlanta here, uh, the jazz people, you guys all teach. Well, I, yeah, some in different ways. It's part of our part of our music tradition. I think continuing education and giving back. Mm -hmm. um, the um, clients I know who are doctors mm -hmm. or lawyers, they're always participating both in continuing education for themselves, but always also going to workshops and sharing their information with the younger generation below them or the older one, older mm -hmm. generation, either way. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, to go back to the, of course, when I say you teach, obviously that's still in the, in music. Um, and, but a lot of people um, have a, day job and then they go play maybe on the weekends or something like that but. well I think it's important for me to say just just from my own feeling is that you know I don't teach because I need the money as opposed to performing I teach because I like doing it. and most of the ones people I know who are at a certain you know performing level uh, they're not teaching because they have to exactly it's because it's part of it's just part of being a musician 
Um, I certainly know Atlanta is a great music town, and there's a whole bunch of people who tour enough, like they're out there all the time, that they don't have any time to teach. So their teaching takes place in like, I'm going to do this two-week workshop over the mm -hmm. summer, or this one, I'm a guest clinician at this college for a week, those types of things. Mm -hmm. But it's not... We, we, we're always dealing with the conception that musician that, that making a living as a musician is so hard that you, you, you have, have to, to work during you the have day. to do something to dance <laughs> not that at all yeah, no. you know um, I, and, and I like of, teaching and a lot yes and a lot of you guys uh, the, well for example we've had dr. Gordon Vernick mm -hmm. on one of our podcasts. I mean, he's a, you know, heads up a big program at Georgia yeah, State. He, and he would be a guy who's mostly on the education side who does some performing. Yeah, right. Right. And that's, that's, he's important. His legacy given back to young musicians is quite a big deal. Yes, and you could and, even recognize that maybe he's given up some of the, the great joys of, of being able to perform in order to be, you know, an advocate for children in education. I, I, I think it's very noble. Yeah, in such a long time that he's been doing it. He's, yeah, we won't see how long. <laughs> <laughs> but to go back to the original question about like my two careers, mm -hmm. one played music into my 40s exclusively, and then uh, I moved from New Orleans to Atlanta and opened up a marketing agency and started making a living as a writer, uh, which is what my education is in. So it wasn't just a... You know, I just decided out of the blue, hey, I want to be a writer. But uh, um, the difference there, I mean, the, the, the main difference in, in lifestyle to me was in, in being a musician, I was on the road, uh, you know, like I say, a week or two in this town and that town and, and moving around a lot. Or even when I was uh, in New Orleans for five or six years and doing, it was, um, it was working every night. And uh, our most nights, I always worked five, six nights a week. I was fortunate to be able to, to do that. But whether I was playing myself in the Monteleon Hotel uh, at the piano bar or with my jazz group at, at uh, you know, one of the jazz clubs in New Orleans, I was fortunate enough, to, like I say, to work virtually every night. And when I moved to Atlanta and started my first marketing agency it now I was a day guy I was up in the morning <laughs> off to the I had an office that I same place I went to every day <laughs> nine o'clock in the morning and I came home at five o'clock in the evening and so it was quite uh, a difference in lifestyle well about challenges though are the you know for starting that business um how would that be different than the challenges of making a living or having a business as a musician? Well, I think that that with a business like ours, for example, a marketing business, um, getting started, obviously, is a challenge because there's agencies all over, especially in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And getting to the point where you had enough clients to have good people working with you, you know, graphic designers and other writers and salespeople and blah, blah, blah. And then getting enough business and holding on to that business and building on that business, that's that's what, that but... It sounds like you're talking about music. <laughs> yeah, in a way, the nuance there is that with music, if I finished a, a job in North Dakota 
and moved on to the next job, I'm in, in essence, I'm starting all over. Um, I'm, I'm still working, right? but I'm starting all over within a new area with new audiences, new people. Um, so whereas in this, in my business, in a, in a daytime, my daytime writing career, I, I, can, I can have enough business that I don't have to worry about getting new business again all the time, starting, you know, adding another job, getting another job here, getting another piece of work there, getting another piece of work there. So I think from that perspective, it's an easier, easier life, at least the way it has worked out for me. I, I, th- I think about a lot of um, young musicians that I interact with, which includes when I was young, I, you know, or when you read about, I think there's a trend of in music where some people try to jump intuitively. I'm not saying that they're trying to cheat or anything, but they skip that step of building that you have to do with the business. They just think they're, I'm talented, I want to get discovered. And then I'm gonna be signed to a record label and yeah, and right. be famous or have a <laughs> million chance. YouTube. Well, I mean, a fat, it's a chance. It's a win, chance, and you can win the lottery too. And <laughs> yeah, right. I've known some. I've known some people who did this. Um, there was a rock band called Limp Biscuit. They happened to be students at the University of North Florida when I was teaching there, and we all got to witness them go from 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 just a little Jacksonville band to this big band. I mean, it happens, but I think it's the hardest thing to do as opposed to building a business and mm-hmm. and, and doing all this stuff. I, I've, I remember when I first started teaching a lot of adults, I started having dentists and doctors and lawyers taking lessons and how interesting it was to me that like the dentist world in particular was so like the musician world. Like they have conventions and there'll be like a famous dentist Speaking and, and like imagine like rock star dentists, you know, um, and they all have to do the same thing, like get their business going, build up a clientele, have people mm-hmm. who know about them, spread word of mouth, but they also work with other dentists, you know, all the different specialties and they all work together, you know, that could be like members of a band. Mm-hmm. You know, I know who all the bass players are and, <laughs> yeah, and right. drummers are uh-huh. and, uh, you know, you pick your special instrument. Uh, to me, I think, the, the two challenges that as, as I mean, I worked a day job briefly programming computers for a living, but I don't think that qualifies as an experience as a nine to fiver. But I, well, I think the difference is for me that I would imagine the challenges could be that number one, and if you're a musician, um, you get a lot of negative messaging all the time about how hard it is to make a living with a musician. I like, um, in a previous episode, we're, we're talking about when parents find out their um, kids want to go into music, you said, whoa, no! You said it really loud, too. I, when I was editing the episode, I wanted to like put that in reverb or something. <laughs> it was so funny. But, you, you know, we run into that obstacle that if, you know, people just assume if you're a musician, you have to have a day job. And that that is a bit of an obstacle mm-hmm. that people don't necessarily take you serious as a, as a career person right at first. I think the other thing is that um, it, it's a huge time commitment. It's not like you just 
go out at night and perform. You really are. It's it's when you're starting out, it's like an eighty hour a week job, and maybe always. You know, you're just always, mm-hmm. always practicing, always working, always taking lessons, mm-hmm. always promoting, always building an audience, always expanding. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there are a lot of great similarity, similarities between professions, various types of professions. I'm, I'm thinking, as you're talking about that, you know I've recently published a novel. It's called The Musicians. Of course, it's about music. But that got me into uh, a type of writing that I had not been involved in before. I, uh, I'm writing, I write business stuff. I get hired by clients, and I write for those clients. And uh, when I decided to write a novel, it's writing, correct? You're writing, or here, or this, or you're writing that, whatever. But that got me into a different uh, uh, aspect of the profession. And these, the friends that I have made through, I'm an organization called the Atlanta Writers Club, which has been around since like 1910, 1914, something like that. And uh, I'm in a critique group with other people. I'm struck so much by the similarity of this to what we do as musicians because what they do is they write all day and then they have to find some way their aspect of performance is to find a publisher to publish their work and then once the work is published now they have to go out and do be at bookstores and do book clubs and go to book festivals Every, here, there, and everywhere let, to let, try let me, to expose them, their books to to uh, to let, readers. Let me see if I got this right. You, you you can't can't you just like be talented at writing and write a novel and get discovered? Yeah, right, and be a New York Times bestseller. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's again that's another similarity between the two <laughs> professions is that how many New York Times bestsellers are there out of how many people who write a novel <laughs> and post it either they get a publisher which is some degree of, of of achievement or at least that indicates that somebody else besides you thinks your book is worthy of publishing and they'll pay for it so that's a step up you know i i didn't know which way you were going to come out when i started the conversation today <laughs> but it's the same thing like i the differences between a, a career in the in the creative arts versus a career in something that I, whatever it is, not creative arts, dentistry, law, uh, PR, whatever. I think the differences are not as big as people would think they are. It, 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 to be successful, all of them requires so much of the same thing. I think what I get from my clients who come to me who are not professional musicians is their surprise at how much innate creativity they all have. And as someone who teaches, works with people like this, because, um, you know, I come from a computer background. You know, that's where I started. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think one of the great things about working with music is being able to realize that everyone has innate creativity built into them. It's not, it's not a talent or a gift necessarily. It's something that anyone can learn mm-hmm. and use and do. And uh, whether you're going to be a professional musician or not, I think the study of any kind of creative thing has great benefits in your other mm-hmm. in your other fields because it's a similar process. Yeah, yeah. And I always talk to people about their who've got kids or grandkids, whatever. That should they have music lessons? Hell yes. <laughs> 
and if nothing else, you know, you don't anticipate that they're going to be uh, in, in Carnegie Hall, uh, but it, you, it'll uh, in, improve or it'll increase their appreciation. If everybody listens to music. If they understand a little bit more about it, they're going to be able to appreciate, get more out of that music, their favorite music, whatever it is they like to listen to. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess old 56-year-old Kevin talking about, I just feel like human beings are meant to be creative. It's, it's part of us. It's one of the things that maybe distinguishes us from, from other species, <laughs> I guess. Although I, I mean, we're learning more and more. Um, but the idea that everyone should study something creative, I think, I think it's valuable for people. There's a reason that that music has permeated societies through all known history. Uh, someone once told me that we know more about the music of ancient China than we know about China. I don't know if that's true, but we certainly know an awful lot about music from ancient cultures, mm-hmm. um, which is fascinating. There's it, definitely something creative. Arts, you know, drawings, paintings, creating things is something fundamental for all mm-hmm. of us. And I guess the rhythm aspect of it, too, is so fundamental to human nature because... That's sort of originally, uh, from what I have read and understood, is that the, the original first soundings that we have of music were a drum, right? Yeah, or a voice. I mean, those would be the first two instruments, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no way to know which one's first, I guess. <laughs> you think before somebody could talk, they well, were beating well, on stuff? <laughs> I mean, we, we can say for sure that like writing was not first. <laughs> like true. writing novels wasn't first. Right. <laughs> Um, I, I think we can. Yeah, you know. I think we can agree to that.